Uh, remember, you can always find me on Red State Talk Radio live 12 to 2, Monday through Friday, Eastern Time. In addition, you can find my latest writings on ToriSays.com. Follow me on Twitter and Gab at Tori underscore says. Today is February 12th, 2019. And yesterday we had one of the most amazing visuals at a rally that our president held a thousand feet from the border. For me, it was electrifying to hear the crowd. It was deafening. It was in, indeed very deafening. Um, I want to play a video that President Trump tweeted about half an hour ago uh, about the rally. Have a listen. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that Okay, so I played that because that is one of my favorite entry songs that the president has. And he sings along to it, waves to the crowd, talks to people. It was electrifying, so insane that outside of the arena, there were tens of thousands of people watching him on a big screen. And, you know, we had Beto, poor Beto. You know, he's actually a pretty good speaker. He's a trained speaker. I actually felt really bad for him because it was so horrible. He was giving his speech, guys. And behind him, you could see the big screen of President Trump delivering his speech. It was just a hot mess. I felt bad for him. I really, really felt bad for him. He had people, you know, maybe like a hundred people max, uh, there. And there's pictures where he's supposedly running for president. He's having an anti-Trump rally, right? But he doesn't have American flags. He's got Mexican flags in his crowd. That tells you all you need to know. It was... I felt bad for the guy. I really did. I was, you know, people were like, hey, Beto, I even chimed in. Hey, you know, this is what a rally really looks like, uh, you know, and there goes his presidential run. But, you know, he'll run as long as he can fatten up uh, the DNC for their real candidate that's going to be coming out soon. Um, all of these clowns are just there to fatten up the DNC. I've been saying it again and again and again. 
hopefully at one point people start to listen and catch on. But the thing is, I really felt bad for him. Like last night, as I lay in bed, I was thinking, you know, how you say your prayers and you kind of reflect on the day that just went by. I was thinking, ugh, I didn't go to the gym, lazy. And then I thought, ugh, I was really hard on Beto. I felt bad for him. And I felt kind of bad. I really did. I mean, one will say, well, he's done it to himself. Yes, but we can still feel bad because, you know, he doesn't realize just how um, how sad it seemed. I don't know. I, I guess he does. It was very embarrassing. I felt bad for him. Speaking of presidential candidates, you know, Kamala Harris. Uh, first, we had Elizabeth Warren popping a beer, right? And she was kind of like trying to relate to people like, yeah, I'm just going to have beer right here. And, um, you know, then we saw her on stage nabbing a kid, like come over here, the poor kid. I was thinking, oh my gosh, uh, you know, as a prop because you look better with kids. Right. And, um, relating to people, you know, they're all about relatability. And then we had Kamala saying, yeah, you know, in the nineties, I would smoke pot and totally listen to Tupac. Like, sure you did while you were prosecuting thousands of people in California, for smoking marijuana. So what is she telling us? That she was prosecuting pot smokers and she was smoking pot while working as a prosecutor? I'm a little bit confused. Just a little bit confused. So, you know, things are coming out, um, you know, destroying these candidates by themselves, you know, Kamala, you know, with a mattress strapped to her back saying that she's going out um, <laughs> to campaign. Uh, I, I totally love that meme. So like I've said, this, uh, this charade that they're playing now where they're purporting that these are candidates uh, is to fatten the DNC. We need to remember that. We'll keep talking about it until the candidate comes out. And we've said who it is. It's Yang. Now, there's so much to talk about today. Okay, so we covered Whitaker yesterday. I told you guys I'm getting the sense, and I was right on it, that they are going to try to find a way to tie Whitaker um, into a collusion with the president to uh, that railroaded or compromised the Mueller investigation now that the Mueller investigation is obviously indicating to be a big nothing burger. And we saw that. I said it Schiff week. Look at Schiff coming out. Look at what he's tweeting. He's trying to say that we're manufacturing fear of terrorists and criminals and rapists and child and human traffickers and drug traffickers coming through the border. That it's completely manufactured. We don't need a wall. That's what he's saying. He's also trying to pull the gun on Mueller, throwing him under the bus, saying, "Uh uh-uh, it's not right. Something's up. And through the questioning, you kind of got an, 
uh, a feeling like they were interviewing him, but on the other hand, they were trying to tie it in. Hey, didn't you tweet to President Trump's lawyer? Well, I was a private citizen. Uh huh. So when were you hired? Just a few months later. Can we have that copy of the hire date? Mm-hmm. And when were you acting attorney general? Oh, okay. And tell us about all these voting, uh, you know, issues of how you arrested them, you know, because I talked about this. People keep saying foreign governments interfered in our elections. No, they didn't. Foreign people did. People that don't have the right to vote in our country did. But it was domestic. How many times have we said that? It was domestic manipulation of our elections. And, you know, the Democrats need the votes. They need those open borders. They need these illegal immigrants to vote for them because they're promising to keep them safe. Up until they gain full power. Because once they gain full power, they will be enslaved just like the rest of us. But, you know, criminals, whatever. Moving along from that, I wanted to just refocus to Ilhan Omar and what I've been saying for a while with Laura Loomer. Guys, Laura Loomer has been pretty much cut out of being able to do anything. It is pretty incredible what has happened to her. Aside from being banned to use services like Uber, Lyft, social media platforms, right? PayPal has decided that people donating to her is violating their terms because it doesn't agree. So now we have banking institutions discriminating against personal I guess, free speech. This is dangerous. Uh, We saw it happen with the Proud Boys, with the banks. They, and this is the way a totalitarian government works. This is what they do. Coupled with, you know, the raid on Roger Stone. This is training you to be scared. Do not speak. We will ban you. Do not even try it. We will Send a SWAT team to your house. And all of you are bending over backwards and being careful and politically correct. You do not need this. Uh, You do not have to abide by it. I have been saying from day one, since I've been on Twitter, since 2009, you know, Twitter has a love affair with me. I've been on it since 2009, uh, you know. I've been saying, if you sacrifice your morals and your values and your free speech, you are just as big of a problem as those that are doing it. And I've been saying that you are the news. How many times have I been saying it? You are the news. This morning, I said it on Scott Adams' show. It is our responsibility to hold our local elected officials accountable. I've been doing it. I have dug up all the financial filings of my senator and I have put them forward. You need to be doing the same. And you know what? Mine's a Republican, but he's a clown, of course. And he's uh, corrupt as they come, sports a porn stash, you know. Um, but we need to be doing this. We can't expect our president from the top to just get everything done for us. We have to help too, because you are the news. We are the news. We report these things. Pull it up. It's all free. Go on LegiStorm and find your senator, your congressperson's personal 
filings, their self-reported financials and do some homework. You know, I saw someone posting about that place in, um, uh, California that was boarded up and helicopters were coming. Well, guess what guys, guess who owns that company guys? I wrote it in my article. It's Pelosi. It's an investment company for properties. People wake up. I mean, I, I, I'm not bothering with Pelosi anymore. I'm focused on three other fronts right now on that, but I'm telling you that Wilshire company is part of Pelosi's portfolio. We have to trust that there is a lot going on. Anyone thinking that nothing is going on right now, that our president is not executing and not doing things and not rounding them up is wrong, but you also have to do your part. You can't just be an armchair politician, demand things to be done without putting a little bit of work, just a little bit. We all have access to the internet. You're on there retweeting pictures, celebrating so many followers. Just get into DuckDuckGo. Pull up Legistorm. Pull up your own elected officials, you know, financials, and take a look at what happens. I can tell you my senator is not paying any income tax on $500 million. Why is that? Netflix, no income tax on $800 plus million in profit. These are questions we should be asking. These are questions we should be demanding them to address. And this is what we have to do. You are the news. We do not beat to anybody's drum, but our own. Because the minute we start taking control of how our country operates, how our, did I say company or country? I hope I said country, but let's treat it like a company. If we don't take control of how we operate, of how we execute the law, how we prosecute those in charge, how we hold them accountable, we lose. Our president has a million things that this guy probably never sleeps. I really want to know what he eats and what vitamin supplements he takes because he's up at all hours. He's dealing with foreign and domestic policies. He's being attacked from within let alone from surrounding countries. The United Kingdom today was announcing their so-called, um, you know, uh, Brexit, that they're still negotiating because it has to be approved by the EU. It's either you're in or you're out. I mean, look at the hot mess that's going on. We've got Venezuela. He's leaving for, you know, Hanoi next week or is it the week after, to meet with Kim again. Uh, we've got troops being deployed in Oceania. We've got Hirono talking about that. Ugh, she is such a disgrace for her state. You know, we've got so many things that he's busy with. Let's give our president a hand. We elected him. He's with us. We chose him to lead. But you don't just follow a leader. You support the leader by action, by starting conversations. I mean, not if you can't pull the information, if you can't draw the maps and the connections, that's okay. Start the conversation. Someone that'll have that time that'll, you know, be holding on to a cigarette or a, a coffee and with, you know, 20 minutes on their hand, will see your tweet, see your Facebook post, see your link and say, whoa, this is interesting and start digging. It's all about us being the news. I've said it many times before, and you know, maybe this morning I was a little bit over the top pushing it and, and pushing it from early this morning, stating that, that we 
this is, there's been so much done. There has been, uh, uh, so much done because, you know, people are asking, well, can you prove it? Why do I have to prove it at this point? Why do I have to prove that so much is done? Can you not see it? If you cannot see it, then you are just as bad as the radical left. You are not paying attention. You are not listening. You are simply hearing. No proof is needed because the proof is there. It's in front of you. You're still a free person. That's number one. You have to understand that everything that has transpired over two years now has been done with calculated effort, has been planned like nobody's business, and it is coming out. You need to see how much has been done Why? Because you need proof. If you're still looking for proof or to applaud, hey, he said he was going to do that or hey, that was mentioned. So it happened, you know, because here's proof. We were here together where I said William Barr in November, right? Well, there won't be Hopefully he's not going to get confirmed. I don't want him to be confirmed, but I can say safely say that any Senate confirmation hearings or questioning will happen in February and people scoff. That's impossible. We need an AG now. He just put the acting attorney general. It's got to happen. It's going to happen before Christmas. I'm like, no guys, it's going to happen February. And if we're lucky, it'll go past, you know, general Flynn sentencing. Cause that's really important. Our RBG, I said it, she's gone. The president knows. Everybody knows. Nobody's talking about it. Twitter suppressing anything that has to do with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You can't find proof of life and everyone's sitting on it. No one's talking about it. Why? Because it's a distraction. I said that. I said that in November, said it in December. I've been saying it every day. We cannot have now a Supreme Court justice nominee come into the scene because it's a distraction. Not that we don't want it more the merrier. But right now we're focusing on other things. This would just be extra on our plate. It's like we're working so hard. We're constantly on the move. We're constantly making things happen. And it seems as if, you know, the people that are supporting this movement feel like we're moving in tar. Guys, I'm from New York and I am one of the most impatient people. If I come up with an idea, I want it done yesterday. That's my personality. Patience is something that I do not have. And me, me, myself, waiting for that vindication on my own personal front where I am pursuing, uh, you know, corrupt individuals. I have to wait. I have to sit it out. You have no idea how hard it is for a person like me to have to sit it out. It it drives me insane. It's like, but I have this. I can totally embarrass them. I have this. I could totally drop it. Oh my gosh, this person is going to have to resign from their position. Oh, I have this. Their leaker gave me this, this, this. I have all of this. And I'm like, yes. But what happens if you put it out there and it's not the right time, you fail. It's kind of like the way we're getting really excited of putting out all this information. But if we put it out at the wrong time, it gets buried, buried, completely buried. So for all of you out there 
because it was even a topic of discussion for Scott Adams from his fans this morning, uh, you know, saying, hey, you know, I'm not seeing perp walks. I'm not seeing arrests. We are working diligently. And we is you, I, the administration, everybody and their mother who supports freedom, who supports American values, who supports what our flag stands for is working very hard, very busy. And if you still need someone to, to, you know, to see this perp walk, to see it happen, then you are not really on board with what's going on. We need patience. I've said that so many times and I say it again, hopefully to convince myself too, because I suck at being patient. I am the one that foams at the mouth, throws phones to the wall saying, this is not happening. I still don't know how Adam Schiff is where he is. I don't know how Pelosi is still where she is. I have no idea how Ilhan Omar has not been you know, barred from entering the house with her statements, uh, you know, Rashida, it's just pure insanity or Ocasio claiming she didn't put this green deal that someone over exaggerated when it was on her page. Is she going to use the time traveler card like April did? Oh, time travelers went and wrote all this, you know, bigotry and crazy stuff on my blog 10 years ago. Uh, You know, Guys, I'm with you. I'm impatient. But I get so frustrated when I see people saying nothing's happened. How has nothing happened? Look at all the senators and representatives that resigned or didn't uh, run again for office. Look at that. Look how many people we cleaned out from the FBI and the intelligence community. And that's only the beginning and the only ones you can actually see. Because there's a lot of people that work that you don't see. And here's another thing for everyone, and I'm dropping this name, and I want you guys to remember this name. We keep saying, Comey, this, Brennan, this. There are people that nobody knows that exist that are the missing link. Here is one name. Eric Villar, Velez Villar. Eric Velez Villar. That is a name you need to remember. I will be breaking one of the biggest stories. This guy is the missing link. This guy is everywhere. You know how they found, um, you know, um, uh, in Colorado where they said, you know, that um, they were having chit chats uh, with Fusion GPS, right? You know? Well, what if I told you that Adam shifted to. Yes. Yes, he did. And I'm telling you this scoop on air. And for all of you media outlets that listen to my show and run the stories, do your homework. Make sure you get it right. Eric Velez Villar or Eric Villar Velez, ex-FB assistant FBI director to Comey. He left in May of 2016. He's gone. He's working for Disney funny because he says he works for Disney, but he doesn't. Uh, so this is something everyone needs to be paying attention to just how much work is being done to suss these shadows out. Because as someone who has worked within the shadows, I can tell you, you can't find shadows easy. Because they all look the same. They all sound the same. They all have the same footprint. But in the end, 
You can take it down to one device. You could take it down to one encryption package. And when you sound off from that same spot again and again, you know, we get it. That's the way it is. That is exactly the way it is. We find you the way you find us. People need to be patient. Patient, patient, patient. Now, I'm coming up to a break, so I don't want to get into the next topic yet, talking about Ilhan. But what I want you today to sit down and absorb, absorb what I've said in regards to patience. Because a lot has been made. And for some reason, journalists, the administration, and, you know, anons that work really hard are being held to some crazy standards as if, um, you know, a lot of people that are, uh, have been, are tired because of the slow walking are demanding more precision. You have to understand that. Everybody is human too. And most people that are doing this work, like myself, uh, you know, do it because we want to fix our country. And I would hope that a lot of people join that movement and take control because the power is now in our hands. Our president has given it to us. Let's run with it. I'll see you all in a few. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855 855- 72978 Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219. 1-800-707-1219. 
Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code red state. That's 1-800-961-9194 promo code red state. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Welcome back to the second half of my first hour. I've received a lot of DMs and messages. And yes, indeed, and those that are very close to me, correct. I am the most impatient person. And one day I will tell my story of my fight and how I had to learn to put to be patient. But you know what rang to me uh, when I saw one of the messages from a very dear friend of mine, Michael, um, was I saw a video maybe two days ago running through my Facebook feed of this little old lady with a cane. I don't know if you guys have seen it where some guy was teaching people how to tango and she was like, ah, oh, you know, I'm old. She was like my hip this. And she was like, you know what? Why not? So she goes there and she rocks the tango. And that's me. I actually shared it. I think it was yesterday on, on my personal Facebook page. And, um, that's me. You have to learn to dance their dance in order to be able to win. You have to. And it's so hard, especially for people like me that have no filter and no tolerance for such perversions, you know, against our nation's very foundation and our rights as citizens. It, it, in, oh, I, it's like, you know, that cartoon where, um, which I didn't like, which had, uh, you know, people in the little girl's head. I'd be that little short troll with the fire on. That would be me. And yesterday I heard President Trump saying, we were born free and we will die free. Exactly. Give me liberty or give me death. That is me. I would rather burn in flames alive than uh, go against any of my values, any of my morals or assist or comply with anything that they tell any of us to do. There's no compliance with corruption for me. And going back to my point, I have, I am slowly exposing a couple of senators. I've written it out of our richest senators. I have it on Tory says where I've written out just the top five richest, right? And the thing is, even with the Pelosi article where she used her clout to shut down places like Gab from being able to take credit card, same thing they did to Laura Loomer because it just so happened she hopped her fence and now PayPal won't let her. You have to look at her portfolio and not just hers, but her family members. See, her husband and her son, they're all in a lot of trouble, a lot, because 
She owns a majority of Visa. She is one of the highest individuals that have stock in Visa, right? Uh, almost to the level of institutional investors, meaning huge banking portfolios. And she also has PayPal. So the thing is, what you need to investigate when you look into your local, even your city officials, take a look at how they line their pockets, is you can track it down because it goes right down to their family members. It always stays within the circle, always under crazy trusts, under crazy accounts, or let's say shell companies, portfolio, mutual funds, transfer agencies, you name it, they do it. It's time we all use the tools we have. The internet is there. You can access all of these. I had a senator file that a company provides an income of $50,000, right? Well, that's funny because that company is also another 14 companies, according to the SEC, and their portfolio runs it about making a profit of $500 million a year. How do you only get 50,000? Oh, and your wife gets 50,000 too, but just under that one name, which means that you are omitting the actual names of the companies. And these people are so upfront with it that they will go to their local secretary of state like Pelosi does and many other senators and representatives where they file with their own state secretary of state BS shell company registrations and they're all the same company. I reached out to my secretary of state and I said, well, how does one company have like 10 different filings with the state? They're like, well, they're not. And I was like, well, why don't you just take a look quick? And then I get dead silence on the other end of the phone. And I'm like, could you explain? I mean, it's kind of odd that all of these companies are registered with different notions. And all of them, if you look it up, indicate that they're virtual. Guys, start to, we are the news. We've said this before. You, myself, Everybody that you uh, interact with are the news. Every time you sit down at a bar and have a drink and start talking, you're the news. You are conveying information. You are starting a conversation. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Gab, you name it, you're on there. You're driving conversations. Converse. Converse the right things. Start calling people out. Don't let them hide behind their finger. President Trump yesterday made... A great point. I'd like to play it. Something that we've said many, many times, right? And it's the first time he's called it out in public. Let me pull that clip up. We've said it. We know it. When he was talking about Russia collusion, right? Who really colluded with Russia? And that's the thing. I mean, Mueller, who's investigating Russia collusion, was the one that delivered the Uranium One sample. Here we go. Found no collusion between Donald Trump and Russia. Collusion. The real collusion was between Hillary and the Democrats and the other side with Russia. That's there we the go. Exactly. Calling it out like it is. And now he can do it. He could have called it out, you know, earlier. He could have done it on his campaign trail. Collusion between the Democrats and the fake news right here. Yes. We have suffered a... 
And speaking of fake news, if you noticed, you know, CNN is going off now and all of them, how a BBC journalist was attacked by a President Trump supporter and President Trump instigated it. Let's get this straight to all the fake news, because I know y'all follow me. Um, I can see all your dummy accounts and you all have very specific IPs, all right? Let's just get that straight. So I know you're following, and that's great. Because in, in one sense, I, I, I find it good that you are looking for real news. I find it good that you are trying to mitigate and save face. But here's the deal. We don't need to be at a Trump rally to call you out. And it won't take a lot. You know, you walk down the street and you have a sticker that says you work for, you know, one of these fake news organizations and someone just like that dude has had a couple too much to drink because he looked a little bit wasted. Uh, You think they need President Trump to call you fake news to attack? Nope. A little bit of drink and it comes. And that is your fault, fake news. That is your fault for being the enemy of the people. It is your fault for, you know, purporting. uh, It is your fault, period. If you actually wanted to report the news, you'd be honest. If you actually wanted to report the news, you would say the things that are happening to conservatives are wrong. You would be there to support the people of the United States and say, you know what? An open border is dangerous. You know what? Limiting the beds, which means that we have to release criminals because we can't hold on to them, is dangerous. You wouldn't sit there and say all these racist people are making a a human wall hand-to-hand to block the caravans. You wouldn't do that. You would also say that the same people that were protesting at the Dakota Access Pipeline are now in Mexico. You would also report how American lawyers that are going down to Mexico to Um, bring over illegal immigrants to the United States or being deported by Mexico. You would also be reporting how Mexico is taking a strong stance and disallowing migrants to enter their country without being vetted. You would be reporting that. You would be supporting an America First agenda. You would not be insulting our intelligence because we all know the only people that you're talking to fake news are the people that wait for you to tell them how to feel and unfortunately they're not the majority voters you know that we all know that because the majority spoke and the majority voted for president trump even though you mishandled the votes for him You ensured that calculations of machines were done so to exclude votes for him. We already know this and we're going to fix it. And voter ID, I have to disagree with my own congressman. No, we need it. If you can open up a bank account, you have to have an ID, right? So done. And you know what I suggest? That we issue a form of voter ID that's free. So that way people don't have to complain. Oh, it cost me. I don't have this. They're trying to say that poor people don't have identification. Well, they're getting food stamps, so they're, they're being identified. They're getting, a, they have a bank account. They're being identified. They're obviously living somewhere and they're renting, so they've been identified. So enough with the BS. Let's push forward something that would be better for our country, which is what? Free voter ID. A specific identification, 
for voters and let's make it free. And if you don't have it, you don't vote and we'll make it really, really convenient. Those that have a driver's license or a U.S. passport will get it. Boom. Same day, print it out. Take the picture. You're done. Those that have to provide other documentation may have to come back or get it mailed. But let's start now for 2020. That's how we fix problems. I don't care what anyone has to say that, oh, minorities. No, 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 no. We are only getting U.S. citizens and maybe we should chip it like we do our credit card cards. So that way it validates your ability to vote. Let's do that. Let's have a chip machine that reads it and says, good to go. It's authentic. Let's go like an E-Verify system. You know, the type that Amazon and other companies don't like to use when they hire people, right? This, this is ending now. And if people can't see it, if people can't see what's coming, then they do not understand just how big of a war this is. And this is where they don't understand how they're also soldiers in this war. You and I are soldiers. We are cyber soldiers, not literal ones. I mean, some of us do go out to courthouses. Some of us do go out to offices to obtain paperwork. So I guess we're more boots on the ground. Some of us, like Laura, go down to their offices and call them out and perform acts that will attract attention to bring the message through, right? Some of us, but we're all in this. And if you're not actively fighting, you're just contributing to the problem. We all need to understand that it is imperative that we take control. We are the news. We are the ones driving everything, everything. Now, To get to the next thing that I wanted to talk about, which is this border security deal, right? I'm going to play a clip from Mitch McConnell talking about it. Now, a lot of people were like, oh, looks like there's a deal. And it's like, "Mm, I don't think so. It's going to be denied. And uh, Mitch McConnell pretty much made it clear of what they were doing. And I've said it from the beginning, the border security group that was created had all the clowns in there, including Republicans. Republicans that refuse to call it a wall, they call it a barrier because it's it's a problem oh, using wrong. words like that. Let's listen to what Mitch has to say. Just this past Friday, the ranking member of the Appropriations Committee, Senator Leahy, suggested, quote, we're 95 to 98 percent done. But then over the weekend, we heard that the talks had suddenly hit a snag. The bipartisan momentum had stalled. What went wrong? What went wrong? Well, Mr. President, here's what happened. House Democrats decided to add a poison pill demand into the conversations at the 11th hour. It's a new demand. It's really extreme. A hard statutory cap on the number of illegal immigrants who could be detained by the federal government. A hard statutory cap on how many illegal immigrants could be detained by the federal government. This would result in the release of thousands of criminal aliens and our inability to detain thousands more criminal aliens whom our federal and state law enforcement authorities will apprehend. This is a poison pill that no administration, not this one, not the previous one, would or should ever accept. 
Imagine the absurdity of this. House Democrats want to set a limit on how many criminal aliens our government can detain. A limit's not based on any aspect of reality, such as how many criminal aliens there actually are, or what crimes they've committed. Just an arbitrary number a couple of lawmakers have pulled out of thin air. The consequence of such an arbitrary limit is obvious. Thousands of criminal aliens would simply be released into the interior of our country, both immediately and then on a rolling basis into the future. The National Sheriff's Association explained this in a letter to Chairman Shelby and Senator Leahy, and here's what the sheriffs had to say. Capping the number of detention beds not only jeopardizes the integrity of the immigration system, but would cripple ICE's ability to detain criminal aliens and other aliens who pose a risk to public safety or are a flight risk. In order to meet the cap being tentatively proposed by Congress, ICE would be compelled, compelled to release thousands of aliens from custody. That's what the National Sheriff's Association had to say about it. Released, just like that, right out into the United States of America. So it's hard to believe, Mr. President, that this is where some Democrats are. A get-out-of-jail-free card for criminals because the radical left doesn't like U.S. immigration and customs enforcement. Let me say that again. A get-out-of-jail-free card for criminals because the radical left doesn't like U.S. immigration and customs enforcement. It's hard to believe the abolish ICE fringe among House Democrats actually thinks enforcing our laws is wrong. It's hard to believe a group of House Democrats see kneecapping American law enforcement as a higher priority than keeping the government open. But it would be even harder to believe that leading Democrats would be open to this craziness, this craziness, and would let this last-minute poison pill scuttle the entire appropriations process. Just last year, when the Democratic leader was highlighting productive bipartisan work on this appropriations process, he said, quote, both sides have worked to avoid poison pill riders. That has meant steady progress. So, um, cocaine Mitch, <laughs> I totally love him. He put it out so eloquently. The bottom line is, is that now the Democrats are saying, well, we'll give you a billion or so to do part of it, but we're reducing the number of beds or how many people you can hold on to. And we all know it's impossible because even President Trump made it clear. We have almost a million people on a list waiting to go through the whole process with a judge to see if they qualify for asylum or if they can stay within the country. And you know, 90% of them, we never see again. They disappear into the shadows, right? And just to put a note there, 
On Thursday, I will be talking about how illegal immigrants are now actually getting Medicare benefits. Makes you wonder, huh? Those that didn't have a social security number, because that's what your social security number was created for, was so that you can pay into Medicare. That's why we were numbered. This is why we were tagged by the government. This is what they told us. We'll talk about that on Thursday, because I'm very close to that, because I work in that area in a way which infuriates me. But what Mitch was putting forward is they are trying to pretend they're coming to the table, but they're literally tying our law enforcement, our ICE, our Border Patrol agents' hands by saying, you will not be able to detain them. You should not detain them. We need to release them into the general public and make them wait. And President Trump yesterday at El Paso said we would have to hire tens of thousands of judges to get this done. And he's right. Because most of them, here's where it gets funny. The Democrats, and I'm going to foresee this and you're going to see how I'm right. They're going to have to at some point report how Mexico is doing their due diligence. They're getting the biometrics and the background checks and issuing IDs to all these illegal migrants invading Mexico. The Democrats, having such great relations with Mexico, will say, well, we accept what they say, so they're vetted. Want to make a bet that this is going to come to the forefront? Because slowly the news about how Mexico is treating this invasion is coming to the forefront. And they will not be able to silence it much. I mean, you know, they're killing talk show radio hosts in Mexico. They're taking out investigative journalists in Mexico. But how far can they go? Remember, El Chapo paid $100 million to the president. You think our senators and our representatives that will do anything to ensure that the borders are open won't pay people to create a false background check? This is something we need to pay attention to because this is coming. This is a crystal ball moment. I'm telling you, it's coming. And this is why they want to reduce the beds because here's their argument. Well, we're going to reduce the beds because we don't really need to because if they can present the identification that Mexico is imposing on them to make sure they're not criminals, they're not terrorists, make sure they're not rapists and they are who they say they are, well, we can just take it to face value and say, well, Mexico is working with us, so we don't need to hold them. Let's just release them and uh, they'll wait for their court date. Want to make a bet that they're going to use that card? You watch. Because see, that is what they've been doing. They've been stymieing the process, trying to figure out how they can shape it and form it. And Adam Schiff has already dropped, I told you it's Schiffy week this week. He's already taking the forefront on this and saying, well, you know, they're manufacturing a crisis. They're saying that, oh, there's so many drugs, so many criminals. And it's like, are you serious? We see it every day in the news. How is it manufactured? Yet they're pushing this because, you know, the liberals that are blinded by hate because they don't like Trump because he's polarizing, right? He's, he's, he's hate, walking hate. Did you see the signs of Beto's thing? Mr. Hate, leave our state. Really? But you were carrying a Mexican flag. How does that make you an American? Why do you have a sign like that? Why are you in our country if you're waving a Mexican flag for someone running for U.S. president? Seriously, guys, these are things we need to call out. And Mitch McConnell called it out. Fun memory with Mitch, I'll tell you. 
So I went to grad school in Kentucky and I was trying to get some stuff sorted out. So I got together with my congressman at the time and this is um, back in 2008. Um, I wanted to get some information and something sorted out with the Department of Veteran Affairs, basically. And so I called on him. I actually met Mitch, totally loved him. I told him he's a dinosaur and he's been in office way too long. And that indicates corruption. But I told him, hey, you know, you seem to be able to stand, you know, fast, you know, in your position, even though I completely am against people staying in office so long. And he looked at me and he goes, well, why don't you run? And I was like, (laughs) no, Um, I would not run, I don't think I'd have the, you know, the ability because I don't have a filter. And he goes, I think that's what we need um, in the House and in the Senate. We need people with no filter. And I said, well, why don't you start not having a filter? So he gets this paperwork together and he gives it to me and he was like, wow, you know, you're going to be a great asset to the state. I was like, I'm not staying here. Um, you know, this, I'm going through this school and when I'm done, I, I will move. This is a Commonwealth state. I don't do Commonwealth. And at that point he turned around and said, wow, I guess there's still hope because younger generations and I'm thinking, okay, it wasn't that young, you know, uh, I was like 30. <laughs> um, he's like, younger generations are smarter. And I said, uh, no, they're not. They're all dumb. And this is a problem. We need to focus on, you know, the younger people. I would like to see you take a stand. And you know what he turned around and said? And this is right before Obama was elected. He said, well, you know, the way elections are going, it's not like we have much control. And I said, what do you mean? You'd prefer McCain? He's the worst. And he kind of just looked at me. He goes, well, let's hope that I can stay in office long enough to see someone that deserves to be in office. And I think, and this is just me from that, you know, one hour encounter where we were just doing paperwork and he was just being my senator and kind of just being nice. And he was in Kentucky. I think that, that now, you know, Mitch may be in his last term, uh, because he's realized it, that he is finally in office with a president that deserves to be in office. Uh, Regardless how swampy I think he is, um, he still has, you know, his true north. I'll see you guys after the break with Scott Adams joining me to discuss the rally, RBG, and everything in between. Also, let's see, did Raul really have a great time at El Paso? Did he get to meet him? Who knows? Maybe we'll find out. Stay tuned. See you all in a bit. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic. Unfiltered news.
Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always find me here Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, also on ToriSays.com, Twitter and Gab, Tori underscore says. So, like I said, in the second half, I'm going to have Scott Adams come on, and we're just going to go back and forth. I love his mind. Um he keeps me straight. He asks the right questions. And, you know, um, I, I just, I love having people like-minded, but those that are not like-minded, um, ready and armed for a debate or discussion. Uh, and I think Raul is joining us now. Raul, welcome to the Tory Sess Show again. Tell us, how was the rally? Good morning, uh, Tori and Scott, if he's already online. The, the rally was great. I was able to get in there, but unfortunately I couldn't get close enough to meet the president because I was escorted by volunteers straight into the ADA section of the building. That's number one, so I'm, I'm very disappointed in that sense. But I was directly over the president's uh, her right shoulder and um the Coliseum was not set up facing the actual stage, so they faced the president to to the right side of the bleachers as opposed as to the direct actual stage area of the El Paso County Coliseum. So I ended up, uh, you know, to his back, basically, pretty much. But there's a lot of um, BS being reported even in the local uh, media and newspapers stating that uh, this idea that there wasn't 10,000 people in the building is not true. Believe me, if anybody knows that the El Paso County Coliseum, it's me, and the floor was full from front to back. That's just the floor. And then every seat in the house on both left and right was completely packed. So... I don't know where these people are, are getting their stories. I'll tell you, it was an amazing rally. I did take a little bit of video, but, I mean, it's grainy. I'm a little bit, and I absolutely love Donald Jr. And I'll tell you, um, even the mayor is coming out lying. So I'm, I'm going to say this. It doesn't mean anything that this guy is a Republican because he's not. He, he's, a, he's a complete rhino and... He did not mention the mayor by name, but he said local officials and other people around here are full of crap, and he's right. Well, I could say one thing, and I've said it before, actually. There, There is an illusion that there's two parties uh, in our government, and that is the problem, uh, that they're called Democrats and Republicans. And we have to understand that right now in elected seats uh, that are, you know, on a federal level, there are two parties and the minority unfortunately is the America first and that's what we need to fix it's either pro America or against and it goes through both sides from both sides of the party because I've honed in on two Democrats and I'm not going to name them yet because you know the fake news media listens to this too and I would hate for them to not give them a platform right because they've been ousted as pro America but the, you know they're on both sides where they're for and against America America. There are no two parties. And I think the sooner we realize that we shouldn't be subscribing to party politics, the faster we can fix what's wrong with our country. Right. I like to 
put it a little bit differently. It's two different wings, but it's the same dirty bird. You know, this is what I say. They're coming from the same bird, so it doesn't doesn't make any uh, difference. And um, I was actually looking for Jim Acosta, and he was nowhere to be found, you know. He was probably at the and Beto. So, <laughs> I don't know. You know. He was probably with and, Beto. Uh, one, and, and there were people outside watching on the monitors. And I don't know if you guys got a clip of uh, the uh, O'Rourke rally. This guy seems like he's hyperventilating. He seems pissed off, angry, like he's going on a rant. It's just disgusting. And I just posted the video on my on my uh, Facebook. I said, here's your, you know, I have to clean it up, but uh, here is is your, your favorite Beto making a complete F out of himself. Congratulations. Well, you know. I felt and bad so, for him, Raul. I felt bad for him because while he was speaking, from behind him, there was a huge screen showing Donald Trump's rally and showing our president standing there and dressing the nation right behind him. You could see it. I felt bad for him. Right, right. I really felt bad for Beto. You know, um, he did look off his game. He's usually a very good speaker. And I felt really bad because, you know, he's just been giving marching orders. You know he doesn't want to run for president because he can't. He couldn't even well, beat Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz yeah. is creepy. Well, yeah, he has the, but see, anybody in my estimation is better than, than O'Rourke. But you see, I'm going to tell you guys this, um, President Trump is self-made, okay? That's why you can't destroy him. Uh, people like O'Rourke and Ocasio-Cortez, all these folks, they're media creations, so at any point, the same media can destroy you at a snap of the fingers. They cannot do that to, to President Trump at all, you know. And so I, I'm going to tell you, if you see or read that this thing wasn't anywhere near uh, at maximum capacity, it's a complete lie. There wasn't any space on the ground to walk on, and all the seats were full on, on top. So... So um well the same ha the same thing happened in true. Fargo too. Um I was actually in the pit up front. I was kind of going over where the VIP side was, coming back. I was pretty much taping the place and asking questions and um taking pictures. So I agree. I wanted you to tell us something that the media didn't show us. There was protesters in there. Not the BBC incident where you know the drunk guy like attacked uh a BBC reporter. Right. I want to know like what was the protest about because nobody showed it nobody talked about it like what did they do bring a sign out or start fighting like what did they do they they well actually if i can remember there was i was disappointed i'm disappointed to tell you that that there were six of them and uh, somewhere around five or six and i managed to get some video of one of them directly because it happened uh right right behind me but most of them are not carrying signs they just get up and start screaming and pointing and uh, cussing out the president so it's like with any other rally i don't think these people have genuine grievances i think these these sobs are are actual actually plants i think they're plants and they went there with that specific purpose you know and and um 
one of them, I, I think it made TV, okay, but one of the incidents, um, the, the, the crowd just broke into, na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. So I love that. Yeah, and the go home you know? to mommy, totally love that. Well, I'm I'm excited you know, that you got to be up close. Even behind him is a great position to be uh, to I, see the president. I, I was, and um, I didn't know this, but Don said he was secretly here last week, went out to a gun place and shot machine guns. I think that was great. Yeah, and uh, I kind of yeah. like the beard. Makes him look very uh, masculine. You know, <laughs> he doesn't use Gillette. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I kind of like that. I, I got I to gotta shave twice a day to keep a smooth face, but I think that's a trend, so I'm just going to let it go and see what happens. It'll take me a couple of weeks to look like an absolute Viking, you know. So I, <laughs> I'm going to try it and see how it goes. But um, hopefully you guys can retweet my picture, and I just love we you. We did, and you've gotten, mean, about 300, uh, got, you've gotten about 300 likes. So it's still being retweeted today where people are applauding your shoes and calling you a true patriot. Um, so it's made its rounds, and the impressions are actually 2.3. And, 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 and I'll tell you what, uh, since I traveled alone, obviously I don't drive. I took the city bus. It's not really city because I didn't take it in the street. It's actually a city service. It's a shuttle that comes to handicapped people's house, and both times uh, the drivers were not supporters on the way to and from, but they were very decent, um, level-headed people that I can actually have a, a conversation with, which was, I was um, very surprised with both of the both of the bus drivers. So, I mean, there are um, nice Democrats out there, but they're, they're just very few and far between. And the guy bringing me back, um, he said, doesn't subscribe to Trump, but the Democrats are too insane to the left. But I'll say this: I was there to the, I guess, I guess to the over the president's right shoulder, sort of, but more a little bit further out right. But I could still see him clearly, and he turned to our side every once in a while because he likes to turn and face the crowd behind him, and he just kind of like smiles and everybody. Uh, cheers and everything so i mean it was great and do not believe not even the the local papers the media around here there i was actually there and they're just pull, putting out a bunch of um uh, bs but there were i'm gonna say about five or six uh incidents where people did get ejected and so one of them he said what he typically says many times you know you need to go home to mommy so she can punish you or spank you or right. something like well, that. Well, Raul, I am really awesome. glad you had fun and that you experienced a President Trump rally. They're one of the best. Um, I was anticipating oh, yeah. that you were going to have a great time. I'm glad that they took care of you and they had an ADA entrance. I know that was an issue over here in Fargo at the Fargo Dome when he came. Um, so thanks for mm -hmm. letting us know. I know a lot of us were waiting to hear. Um, so you had and, a great position and, and that's good. And you, you're probably Probably not gonna like this story compared to where you live, but by the end of the week, here in El Paso, we'll be looking at low 70s. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of jealous. I'm waiting yeah. for snowplows to come. It was cold and stuck. windy. 
I saw Laura Ingram freezing her butt outside. So last night in the past couple of weeks, I've been kind of chilly, but we're going to go back to normal toward the end of this week, low 70s. That's good. Well, uh, thank you again for calling yeah. in, Raul. It was a pleasure hearing from you. Um, thank and you. And I, before I go, I have to tell you again, I've told you before on there, I love Scott. That's the primary show until you came along on Red State. No. So he doesn't have any problem to, for me to say to everybody that you basically bumped him off as my personal favorite. No, because Scott is my favorite. Scott is my favorite. I actually listen to him, you know, when I'm working because I actually have a job, you know, as well. And 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 I listen to him. I came came home relatively early speaking, but I didn't have anything to eat all day. So I ate late. I woke up late. So I missed the show because in El Paso, Scott's show is actually – uh, six o'clock in the morning, and and your show here in El Paso is ten a.m. So, I I was still fast asleep when Scott was on this morning. So, I'm sorry, Scott, but I'm sure you understand. <laughs> He'll okay? be joining so, us soon. Uh, Thank uh, you. Thank uh, you. And so much. Um, the, this has got nothing to do with politics, but uh, I sent Scott a video of me because I'm a special guest singer with a band, and he likes my video where I'm actually singing a song called Hell's Bells. I hope you you know someday he can show that to you. That'd be great. Well, yeah. thank th- thank you, know, you thank you so much, Ro. Okay, so. I'm so I'm so glad you had fun. Um, and yes. call again. Thank you. Thank you so much. I sure uh, I sure will. God bless you. God Take bless. care. And and goodbye. Bye, Raul. And remember, our phone lines, if you have questions, uh, are, is 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. Um, while I wait for Scott to kind of jump in, I want to play a clip because I want to talk a little bit about Ilhan, right? I'm going to play a clip. It's 28 minutes, but I'll only play the beginning of it where you need to listen to Ilhan talking six years ago. Here we go. In Kenya without, and the media covered the event without any context, without any history uh, of the conflict. We have here a very special guest. She is really following the event. She is, you know, Ilhan Omar. She is a political advocate. Also, she is working in the city. She is closer to uh, really uh, to the city uh, more than anybody else. That means she is into politics. And we're going to talk to her about uh, what is this backlash in the Somali community and is it really warranted? Welcome to Bulahdan, Ilhan. Thank, Thank you so much. And I, 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 one day I just want to take you and we'll talk about something else, you okay. know, talk about, you know, uh, you know, sport. We'll talk about, you know, uh, the, the fantastic way that how the women, Somali women carry on uh, in this country, in the new world, and carry their family and all that. This is a wonderful, great uh, story. But let's talk about... Uh, you know, not so much what happened in, uh, in Kenya because, uh, you, you know, we don't even know what happened in Kenya. We don't even know if there is uh, an American Somali who was involved. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just all speculation. Mm-hmm. But what I'm interested in is the backlash. Uh, you see, everybody now has, a, as you're saying, everybody has, so every Somali now has a press uh, uh, conference. Everybody's an apology, uh, send an apology and everything. We don't hear the American apologize when their troops, when their states destroy other countries when their states empire misbehave overseas 
we don't hold the whole the American guilty by association. So tell me a little bit about what's going on in the community there. So um, it's an interesting thing that you uh, brought up. Like the, the last couple of days we're seeing um, huge interest in getting the community to condemn the acts of al-Shabaab and the attack in Kenya. And I, and I find that quite interesting because you don't see um, any other atrocities occur in any part of the world where you have the, the citizens um, asked to condemn the act. Yeah. Um, it does make sense if you have, you know, the president or, you know, the official, some, <laughs> official, some official yeah. to condemn something. Yeah. But a regular citizen like myself to be asked to condemn an act that I am not part of or to associate well, me with something that I, you know, have the same reaction to as anyone else. It's, you know, it's, it, What's it's, the it's assumption blowing there? it out of when proportion. The Americans expect you to condemn every misbehaving Muslims almost Somalia all over the world, about a billion and a half. Yeah. I mean, if I have to <laughs> condemn, I, I have to quit my job and I said just condemning everything. So they're joking about the fact that a Somali-American uh, was found to have bombed a Kenyan shopping mall, you know, the Al-Shabaab uh, bombing that happened back in 2013. And here they are joking about it, how, you know, why are they asking the uh, Little Mogadishu area in Minneapolis to condemn it? Like, that's not right. Why should we condemn all of them? And um, it's it's pretty interesting as the conversation goes along to what she has to say. But with no further ado, and hopefully to chime in, I have... Um, um, Scott Adams on the line. Uh, and the question that we should be asking ourselves is the state of Minnesota elected Ilhan Omar to be their representative, right? That should speak volumes of one of the largest Somali communities in our nation and what their values are. And I played that video where all of them said that Sharia law would be better. They have their Sharia police now there. They're all uh, up in arms demanding ICE be abolished. Um, you know, they're importing all these refugees. We had this conversation on your show too, didn't we, Scott? Yes. And it's disturbing that we live in a country where Democrats now are voting for people that literally hate America and want to kill Americans. And we see this with the decisions they make along the open border and abolishing ICE, uh, basically neutering us by taking away our guns is what they advocate, and then taxing us to death and regulating us to death and keeping us down. They want to destroy the middle class. They want to uh, destroy free speech. And they want to be in control and they want to have power. And what they're doing is a strategy where they're going into these smaller districts that they're populating them in a controlled way so that they could prop up these radical, retarded, stupid crazy, mean, arrogant, obnoxious people like Ilhar, Ilhan Omar, ridiculous people like that. They have no business even in our country, let alone in our Congress. Well, and they prop them up and they give them a path to leadership and they're trying to do it with Tlaib. They're trying to, they've already succeeded in, in conning the retarded Nancy Pelosi in getting her to break 100 years of tradition 
and allow them to wear their stupid garb in our in our house of uh, house chamber. Well, it's not stupid to them, and she decided her religion is more important. There's a part of this clip that I wanted to play. I hope that I've put it on the right timestamp. Hold on, let me see. Hezbollah. Uh, uh, have you ever thought about? Really don't mean... Yeah, can't you just translate? They don't mean anything. Yeah, Hezbollah, right? part of God. Al Shabab, the youth. Yeah. Madrasa. Yeah. The madrasa. The my goodness. God. Oh my God. Nobody the, wants the to boogie. go to madrasa. <laughs> Nobody in the Arab world wants to go to madrasa anymore because yeah. it's in mean, school. Mm-hmm. So even in the day, they are polluting our language. Yeah. Our daily casual think, language. But that, that, but that is, I think. Um, a, a product of this sensationalized uh, media, you know, you you have these sound bites and you have these words, and and everybody says it with yeah. such an in, you yeah. know intensity, and so it must mean it must hold yeah. a bigger it, meaning. It sounds strange you know, and weird. And, so. um, I remember um, when I was in college, I took uh, a terrorism class, and is listen to this. Yeah, there was. So there you was, go. Uh, there is a lab for that. There was a, there was a class. Do you go to lab? No, we, 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 we learned the, the, the ideology of... I'm glad um, you do that. <laughs> and, and they're so laughing was, about this. The, the thing that was interesting in the class was every time the, the, the professor said Al-Qaeda, he sort of, like, his shoulders yeah. went up and, you know... Yeah, he's in command like, here. Al-Qaeda, you know, hospital. He's an expert. And it was, <laughs> and it was you know... What's as his it, name? What a his name on the not, We, we are not saying his name. Uh, You you probably get to see him on on CNN. Yeah, of course. Okay, so what's important about this is that they were talking about, and it was around the 15-minute mark of this uh, 28-minute video, where they were talking about the terrorist groups like Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda, you know, Hamas. And I've mentioned before how Ilhan Omar referred to our president as the inhabitor and kind of stood up with this disgust when she called him an inhabitor, which in Arabic is uh, imposter. Um, so it was direct translation and they're giggling and laughing and saying Hezbollah means something holy, you know, but they're misconstruing things and they're giggling oh, about dumb. this. This is we're dumb. And- you know, we're too dumb to get it. And the, and the fact is, is that, you know, I understand hijab, med, med, uh, the, the different apparel that they wear. And, and I'm not really saying it's all stupid. But what I am saying is, is, is that when a, a person um, takes their religion like that and u- utilizes it as a position of hate and, and pushes that narrative from a political hate group, you know, it, it's a transition from what could be considered a religion. Uh, but now I think that the way it's being represented in Minnesota uh, with her and the, her face is I think it's a political hate group. I don't think she is a religious person at all. I think she is a terrorist. I think she's a radical Islamic jihadi that hates America. And I think she should be brought up on treason and thrown in jail for the rest of her life. Well, you know what I need to see? I need to see Lutheran Social Services vetting documents for bringing her here. That's what we need to see. We need to be able to have access to those documents to see why she went to the front of the line, why she was considered a refugee, and mocking, saying that, you know, her professor, who's on CNN, by the way, back in 2013, so we need to do a little bit of digging and find out who he was. She was mocking him because they were like, yeah, he's an expert. Ha ha. That's not funny. And the stuff that I've been uncovering with Laura Loomer in regards 
to her history from back home is very alarming. You know, I uh, circulated um, her marriage certificate, hopefully that bigger people would find it, and they did. So, you know, because Twitter throttles me, and we all know Twitter loves me, I had to make sure that I dropped it in the right hands so that way it can be circulated. And what people don't seem to understand is, is that we have someone in the house that is linked to terrorists that laughs when we try to condemn them for what they do. They mock the fact that they would have to probably spend the whole day apologizing for them, you know, when we don't seem to understand the meaning behind Hezbollah and Al-Qaeda, you know, and how we don't say it the way it should and how it's, uh, you know, a religious purpose. This is just the worst perversion uh, that I've seen against our offices of government. It seems like Adam Schiff really needs to look into their background, not Donald Trump's. Donald Trump is an American icon, hero, pro-American. He's been the consistent with his ideology since his interviews with Oprah back in the eighties. I mean, give me a give me a break. So, you know, these upstarts, these radical twenty-something-year-old leaders now in the Democrat Party need to be looked into. I think that there needs to be better vetting. Uh, just because they get elected doesn't mean that they're not gaming a district with population control and gerrymandering and a whole host of other things to try to g- do a power grab for a radical Islamic jihadi religion. Well, it's 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 incredible as you realize I am running right through ads because this is this is important that our listeners, Scott, understand just how big of an issue this is. You know, I'm waiting to you know I want Laura to run this story herself um, because she deserves to do it because she exposed her and it was because of Ilhan Omar that she's being attacked like this from companies from corporate organizations and this is a 25 year old. Uh, citizen journalist. She's an activist. She's raw and she does things that no one else would ever do because, you know, they will silence you. And she has had the guts to do this. And people should be throwing support behind her rather than saying, well, you know, you should have been politically correct. You know, you see a lot of people on Twitter being very careful of what they tweet because um, Gateway Pundit Cassandra actually wrote an article about a feminist in Canada who called called a guy who misgendered someone and was banned from Twitter. She had a verified account, everything. The guy would still use his male name, but now he wants to identify as a woman. And she said, men cannot be women period. And Twitter banned her for it. And she's suing Silicon Valley with like a big army of lawyers for that. We have to throw our support behind people that are doing this, like Roger Stone, like Laura Loomer, even Alex Jones. You may not like him, but man, did they attack him, right, Scott? I mean, it's ridiculous. I think it's his birthday today, too. Um, Well, they do the same thing to someone like an Omar... uh, yeah, Ilhan Omar, because uh, she needs the same treatment. She needs to understand what it's what it's like to be um, a radical Islamic terrorist in a de- democracy. That we have no tolerance for this type of thing, and um, she needs to be held accountable for her actions. I, I'd say that the same would really apply to Uma Abedin and Hillary Clinton's crew. Um, but, you know, let's start with a couple of these new upstarts. Let's let's get there. Let's actually make an example 
out of these radical Islam. It started with Barack Obama for crying out loud, right? You know, in Cairo. I mean, but he he set the tone, and you know, we need to really see justice prevail here. And I, I really think that Q is right. You know, QAnon has been coming out with, you know, prosecutions are the key to you know the to the future and the betterment of our country at this point. We really do need to see justice prevail for if we're ever to believe that our country is going to be whole again. Well, the only way that we could do that is if people complain. We can't expect Donald Trump to do everything himself. He has so many battles that he's fighting. This war is huge and massive. And and, Leaders like him in the Department of Justice, we need leaders like Trump and the FBI. Well, that's the thing. How do you hire them? You know, how do you place them there? How do you fire them? Because like I said, I I mentioned, um, you know, uh, Eric Velez Villar. You know, I've told you about him before, right? So I've been keeping an eye. He's the missing link. He's the one that does everything. These are all these people. Remember, he got an award from Mueller. He was assistant FBI director. And for some reason, no one's talking about him. But whenever there's a huge meeting or whenever there's confirmations going on, in DC for some reason Disney sends him that's what we need to be looking at we need to be looking at those shadows and this is how we'll fix the DOJ FBI and the intelligence community but that's very few people can actually penetrate that that area that understand that area that have those sources that can be able to expose it as regular citizens that don't have these sources this access to you know the foggy bottom and 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 whatnot we have the tools to take down senators and congresspersons just like Ilhan with the information available to us online. I mean, it's not hard to do. And we need to start filing. We need to start demanding. I mean, it doesn't take much for you to pay $10 at your local court and say, I want you to investigate my senator because of this. It doesn't take much for you to call the IRS and say, well, my senator says that they have this company, but um, they also have these, and I know because I live in that city. This is stuff we have to do because this is how we can hold them accountable. And the faster we realize that we're in power, that we actually have control of our country, the faster we can get this done. You know, it'll be done faster rather than you know slower. And right now, he's fighting bigger battles, and it's time for us to come up to the plate and say, all right, yeah, my vote counts, my voice counts, I'm going to make a difference, and here's what I'm doing. In the sense of Ilhan Omar, where are the people of Minnesota? I mean, this is insane. What does it say about Minnesota? Well, it's it's a way, this is why this is happening not at the Senate level so much, but at the House of Representatives level, because you got districts, and these districts are being uh, populate. they're controlling the population. Now, it happens also with the governors that actually see this stuff and the attorney generals like, you know, like uh, Keith Ellison, who beat their women and, you know, are good with all this stuff. Um, but you got Keith Ellison, who is rising up in the ranks of the DNC. You have a complicit DNC that turns a blind eye to this kind of thing. But I think that right now, what you're starting to see is the DNC crumble from this because they it's almost like they created a monster that's so radical and they can't control it. They can't control AOC. They can't control this stuff anymore. Well, and they're realizing, what have we done? Well, the media... They're going to lose everything me- at some point. Yeah, but the media, listen to this. This is, this is from Sunday. This is Ilhan Omar on CNN. Listen to this. Watch what After she says. I realize that we can't just wish and hope and dream that 
the politicians that currently represented the voices of, of marginalized communities would do better. And so I got tired of wishing and waiting and decided to do it myself. They're saying that Ilhan Omar is one of the first two Muslim women in Congress. Rashida Tlaib, the other new Muslim woman in Congress, will serve Michigan. Omar is the first Somali-American member of Congress. This is propaganda. She came to the U.S. more than two decades ago as a as refugee. My dad said, you know, he had high hopes for us about the opportunities we would have when we came to this country, but I don't think he imagined that someday um, his baby would be going to Congress. Omar won the seat in Minnesota, vacated by Democratic Congressman Keith Ellison. This is propaganda they put. And you know what she said? And I quote, it's not surprising. I think it is actually exciting because we are finally able to have conversations that we weren't really willing to, Omar told CNN. It is really important for us to get a different lens about what peace in that region could look like and the kind of difficult conversations we need to have about allies. She stands by her anti-Semitic rhetoric. She stands by Hezbollah, Hamas, and Al-Qaeda. She stands by these organizations, and she is linked to ISIS, and yet she's in the House. Um, and answering questions to reporters, and she was so so arrogant and so hateful you could just see the hate oozing from her being you know i mean she literally hates america and america's way of life she would love nothing more than to see sharia law be the law of the land all because sharia law is not much different than socialism it is a law that allows the aristocrats to control everything and never really uh you know, fall victim to the same laws that they're actually executing. It's just a way to design oppression and keeping people in line and controlling people with an ultimate iron fist. I mean, that's what that's all about. That's why those women in the Middle East get stoned to death for doing, you know, hardly anything. Um, you know, it's, it's a kind of law that's just based on fear and control and power. That's true. And, you know, um, it's it's very disheartening to see that the mainstream media is covering for her and promoting this. And, you know, news is breaking out. They owe somebody something. There is coercion here that we don't even know about yet. And I think we're going to find out what it is at some point. And I think you're going to see tea leaves of it or trickles of it or hints of it through the uh, escapades of Adam Schiff and Fusion GPS and Glenn Simpson and Nellie Orr and the CIA Mockingbird uh, payments and the FBI uh, kickbacks that we've all read about and heard about. All these things are happening in concert with each other. And that's why these mainstream uh, media centers are in the most liberal cities like New York City and Washington, D.C., where the money is and where the coercion takes place. Well, you know, what's a, what broke today for me is uh, we know that um, Minnesota is run by, you know, and is being propped up by these um, Sharia promoters like Keith Ellison, Ilhan Omar, and now uh, the governor of um you know, Minnesota it has uh, a care representative, the chair, the chairman of the care chapter in that area 
by his ear and the sheriff also wishing to abolish ice but here's the thing now they they had a project to replace an an oil pipeline that would bring hundreds of millions of dollars to um minnesota would um create thousands tens of thousands of jobs uh so they can replace it because it's older and they you know it's the l3 pipeline and here's the thing if you do your homework and i had cindy on my show the the other it was last week um the thing is the people that we see in office like ilhan omar and ocasio started at the dakota access pipeline this is going to be dakota access pipeline number two in minnesota we are going to see the craziest stuff happen in the Midwest coming out of her state. And uh, coupled with the fact that people are now demanding that she step down, uh, this is going to be a real show with a lot of fireworks. And this is where patriots and people that believe in American law and what we stand for and what our country and our flag stand for should raise their heads fearlessly. Because the one thing we need to understand is even if we speak up uh, you know they can try to ban us but our president has got our back the thing is do we have his you should walk fearlessly into this well the biggest problem is the lack of information to the people that really the you know typical liberal voters are not well informed they're not informed about the truth they don't like open honest discussion or debate they like what they've been told and they believe everything that they're being told they're, they're like sheep and so the mainstream media understands this. I think that it's a very sophisticated apparatus in our mainstream media. Now, that being said, the mainstream media, if you look at the Nielsen ratings, they're losing their, they're losing their market share in a big way. So that is promising. And Trump is really having an impact on that. And so is, you know, on Fox News and, and his rallies and things like that. But I will tell you that... Um, that so long as the mainstream media can keep the truth out of the ears of, you know, the sheep in Minnesota, they can control the narrative still because they have the megaphone and they have the muscle. And the muscle is, is that the sheriffs and the, uh, you know, municipalities and the operators will only stay in power if they toe the line and kiss the butts of the people higher up. Well, you know, we have to see how that pans out. I mean, right now they're breaking that President Trump says that he's not happy with this border security deal, right? And I don't think he will sign it because in essence, what they're offering is like, a, a, what, one billion and no beds. So that way we do this whole catch and release. Uh, so, I, you know, he hasn't said if he's signing it or not. But, you know, Friday is the day. And well, he won't sign it unless he has uh, Mick Mulvaney come up with a really good plan to use it as a supplement. I think he's, instead of looking at the congressional um, compromise uh, as a uh, as a as a uh, funding of a wall and beds and some other stuff, he'll be looking at that as a supplement to an action that he'll take in concert with uh, that signing. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's not saying why he will do it because he's looking to see if there's any way to work around it. Uh, so maybe he's examining it. But this border security committee was created to fail. It indicates it failed. When you see a Republican calling it a barrier, uh, it literally tells you what agenda they're on. Um, you know, we have um, 
a lot of problems right now in regards to national security, not just the open borders, but we have problems with the people in office that are promoting to be importing these terrorists. And the the weird thing is, is that, you know, now we're starting to see that the northern border is having a problem, too. Canada is doing this catch and release thing and they're coming in from the north. So that's a little bit concerning. I'm keeping an eye out on that uh, because maybe um, my state needs to start putting forward for northern border wall. Uh, we need stronger well, this security. This is an attack, there too. isn't it? I mean, this is quite an attack because it seems to be coordinated, funded, organized, and it's coming from all angles. This is an attack, and and Trump basically hit the nerve. And now we're seeing the, the left go apoplectic and explode and act nuts. And you're starting to see them, you know, lift the, lift the veil and actually just, you know, take off the gloves and show their white-fisted knuckles. And uh, they're still, I think they're going to lose because they're on the wrong side of history. And if, if America just wakes up, the lion's share of American voters wakes up, uh, there's going to be hell to pay. And I, I think that the black community... Uh, as Trump said, the black community also is um, weighing in on this thing. And Trump is saying this, and he said it in El Paso on Monday night. And that is that um, black people are coming out in droves and supporting Trump more than they ever have before. That's going to be the tip of the iceberg, because once they lose that, they can no longer call, you know, they can no longer silence debate and say, hey, you're a racist or a white supremacist anymore. Exactly. And we have a caller on the line. Um, a caller, welcome to the Tory Sess Show. You're speaking with me, Tori and Scott. Uh, tell us if you'd like your name and where you're calling from. Hi, this is Kelly from Nebraska. Hi, Kelly. Kelly hey, how are you? Fine, how are you? You call my show, and now you're calling Tori's show. I feel a little jealous. <laughs> oh, that's because you're on the show with Tori. See? Oh, great, right? So, so Kelly, uh, you, you're saying something about the northern and the southern border, right? Well, I'm a little concerned with something that you had said earlier um, about Mexico not letting people in if they aren't documented, if they don't have biometrics. Well, didn't they just bus all of these up to Texas? The, the Mexican government, the Mexican military took two or three busloads straight to Texas. To Texas. Yes. So how? So is, are they vetted? Here's are the, they not vetted? That's, how do you how do you know that those people aren't Middle Easterns also? Well, they a lot of them are too, from what my sources say. But it, this is why I said. This is how we're going to predict it. And I pulled out my crystal ball again. And so far, that ball has not been wrong. That now that the news is coming out that Mexico is forcing them, and the people of Mexico are on board with this, that they all turn up, provide full background checks, biometrics, and they give them an ID, that the Mexican government has now vetted them. And that's what they say. But remember, El Chapo played, paid $100 million to the previous president, right? 
money yeah, talks in Mexico. Exactly. We, we don't. And this is what the Democrats are going to say. Are you doubting that the country of Mexico is not vetting them correctly? This will now be seen Absolutely. as that's that's their new plan. That's what I'm saying. They're going to say we don't need all these beds because the Mexicans have vetted them. And it's like, wait a minute. So did Venezuela. They were handing out fake passports to Kenyan terrorists to come over from Kenya into our country through the open border. They were handing out passports that they could use at airports with false information. What makes you think there's not a guy on the immigration side of the Mexican, you know, countries that the Democrats may be paying? Because we know the connection the Democrats have had with the previous president and with these cartels, that they're not paying someone to falsify the information or the vetting. And this right. is going to be the new thing indeed, Kelly. And it's scary, right? It is scary because they are going to, yeah, they're going to start saying, well, Mexico is a country that operates and they vetted them and the People believe in that, and we can't take that to face value, yeah. can we? And they're going to try to say that we're being discriminatory and demeaning and talking down about Mexico because we should trust them because they're a big nation, and how dare the president do that to our neighbor? You watch. Same thing with well, Canada because that's – yeah, but that's coming out of Canada too. Uh, there's been well, – uh, Nebraska, we, we have a senator that um, – a state senator that's just – uh, trying to push a law into Nebraska to make us a sanctuary state. I called my governor and I said, uh-uh-uh, no way. Absolutely no way. We, we do, no, no offense, but we don't need to be Californicated. Yeah. Lincoln and Omaha are our two most populous areas, and they are, they consider themselves to be sanctuary cities. Omaha teaches 43 different languages in their public schools. We're paying for that. Nebraska also has a balanced balanced budget in our state constitution. They just voted to increase the Medicaid to, to pay for that. Well, Lincoln and Omaha paid for that. The rest of the people in the state are pretty dang smart and voted against it, but we got overrode. So we're here in little little Nebraska where we're pretty uh, insulated out here in the western portion are being swallowed up by Lincoln and Omaha because of all of the liberals in those areas. Right. It infuriates me. It infuriates me. And now, well, it is, and it's happening. And now we have the looming government shutdown again. Well, you know what? I, I hope he does shut it down. I'm sorry. I do. I hope he shuts it down. And I would really like the federal workers to get a taste of what private sector is. Tori, you said your husband works for the railroad. Yes, he does. Well, North Platte has a Yes, well, we have the largest rail, rail yard in, in the United States. He was offered to I go live. there last year, I know. Yeah, and well, they're laying off right now, too. They brought a guy from Canadian uh, National into Union Pacific to to restructure, and they're laying off people right and left. Well, that is the majority of our town. Our guys aren't going to get called back to work. They're not going to get furloughed. They're not going to get anything. I want the federal workers to have a taste of that. Yeah, you my husband's been furloughed. It's not fun. You. you need to go. Yes, no. And I want to tell you something, Kelly. What is the largest company that operates in Omaha? Do you know? Yeah, you're specific. Nah, no, not the railway. Halfway. It's actually Visa. 
All your credit card statements, oh, if yeah. you see. Oh, you're right. You're right. right. And who owns most mm-hmm. of Visa stock yep. aside from yeah. institutions? Exactly. That's all you Pelosi have to does. look at. If you follow the money, I've been saying it so many times, it totally makes mm-hmm. sense. All of oh, you yeah. listening now, pull your statements. You're probably going to see South Dakota or Nebraska on it. That's the way it comes. It's Omaha, oh, Nebraska. Yeah, I don't get statements because I don't run on credit cards. Yes, that's the way to go. Oh, you're preaching to yep, the choir. Yep. And, and you know, and that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. They they run our states as if it's, you know, their company. And mm-hmm. uh, the Midwest and, you know, the railroad is being hit hard. My husband works for Canadian Pacific. Yeah. So I know what furloughs uh, are like, yeah. and it's not fun. Well, it is not my, fun. My company... The company I work for uh, is a remanufacturing, and we build parts for uh, the railroad. And Canadian Pacific is one of our customers. Yeah, and it, and it hurts. And it hurts not just the railroads themselves. It's the manufacturers. It's the rebuilders. It's the grocery stores. Rain, It's milk. the housing market. Yes. It's all the way down. And they just don't seem, I don't know, I, it just seems to me like they just don't care. What do you think about you know, that, Scott? Their pockets are getting lined. What do you think about that, Scott? The fact that they're trying to force these Midwestern states, right, to become sanctuary cities because they've they've tried that in North Dakota. Uh, they're kind of a little bit successful with these refugees on uh, the eastern side that borders Minnesota. But what do you think about that? I mean, first of all, they're going to tell us that we should trust Canada and Mexico that they're vetting these people correctly. And now we're having states out of the blue come up. Well, you know, Nebraska's not out of the blue. It's it's Pelosi territory. But um, you know, mm-hmm. what do you what do you think on that, Scott? Like, how big I, of an attack I, is this? Again, I just go back to the very big basic notion that it's population control. Nebraska is not a high population state. They could control as many, they can control a lot of districts. Uh, that's what they're doing in, in, you know, in small districts where they put a bunch of Somalians in or uh, open, you know, when you open the borders, you can really impact districts. And I actually think too, that they're um, associating IDs with people now and they're stealing their identities in, in Southern California. Uh, I wouldn't trust Gavin Newsom as far as I could throw him. And, and I'm a wrestler, you know, I could throw him pretty good, but you know, not that far. Um, you know, the point is, is that I really think that they are exploiting districts and with the ballot harvesting we saw in Orange County and a lot of the voter fraud that's going on with the early voting. I really think that this open border is a huge part. Jennifer Palmieri, Hillary Clinton's assist, you know, chairman, uh, basically said, uh, our campaign manager, basically said that that open borders and illegal migration is a huge, and amnesty is a huge part of their electoral strategy. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it has a lot to do with the power grab of districts uh, and, and uh, converting districts into uh, Congress pe- people and mm-hmm. getting themselves into manipulating uh, what the president can do. Yeah, so you're, you're right. Yeah. We have a little town here in the middle of, of Nebraska, Lexington. It used to be called Little Mexico. It smells like horse the, manure the, there. The Mexican population It's now called Little Somalia because all the Somalians work at, at uh, the Tyson meatpacking plant. 
Yeah, so and that's it, Lutheran Social Services. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been there, and I can mm-hmm. smell the cow yep. manure. They told me that it was the fresh morning smell of farms that I was getting when I went through mm-hmm. the drive-through. But um, Lutheran Social Services has been very active in your state, and it's really weird that in states with very low population, like uh, Scott said, like Nebraska, and like my state, North Dakota, we have less. We have seven hundred thousand people living here. Why do we have, you know, six offices for Lutheran Social Services importing refugees? Yeah. And why is Nebraska having this? Yeah. Nebraska, then we do people. Yeah. And they employ them too um, in really weird yeah, places. In my state, it's about foster care. What? Foster care? When they think that a child can give consent? Really? It's, it's, it's pure insanity. I mean, Scott, I'm, 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 and, and, and Kelly, I'm really concerned with the next chapter now. Um, uh, you know, where they're going to attack our president, attacking Canadians and Mexicans in regards to their vetting procedures. Yeah. That's going to be their new tactic. And you watch it come, uh, especially if he pulls oh, yeah, the, the border thing, uh, because this is their excuse. We need to lower the beds because the Mexicans are vetting for them. Well, I thought Mexico, it would be racist to demand identification. And the thing is, how can you trust Mexico? We just got El Chapo today. What? Ten counts, wasn't it, Scott, that they just announced? Yep. Yep. So, yeah, that's yeah. This guy's been paying off everybody and their mother. Mexico has a voter ID law. You have to have an, a registration in Mexico to be able to vote. Why can't we? Well, Why don't we have that? We need to do the background payments. I, I think that uh, Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff, uh, I've heard that they've actually received payments from El Chapo in manipulation of well, certain I'm things. Well, I'm on it, yes. To impact open border uh, you know, and drug trafficking. I mean, a lot of different things go into play for pay-to-play schemes that involve these radically, uh, you know, drug lords. I can't believe that. Guys, we only have like one minute left. How did the time go by so fast? I didn't because Kelly, because Kelly called in and she sped things up and made yeah, everything more, even more pleasant than it already was. Yes, yes, <laughs> and you should call back again because I've uh, Nebraska is actually on my list. I've uh, they came on my radar about five years ago when I started investigating Lutheran Social Services ten years ago, and I saw a pattern that they go into these small. Um, these states that have less populations like Wyoming, like Montana, like Nebraska, uh, South Dakota, North Dakota. It's pretty insane. Um, uh, I would I would love to hear from you again. Hopefully I can get Laura on the line because I know she's gearing up for a big protest tomorrow. Um, everybody can follow Scott Adams at scottadamsshow.com. He's got like a three-hour radio show where you can hear him live or you can just see the podcast on his website where, you know, he takes out all the commercials. Um, thank you both of you for um, being on the show with me and I'll see you all tomorrow at 12 noon Eastern time again. Until right. then, bye now. Bye. Bye. You guys have a great day. You bye. too. Have a wonderful day. And from all of us at Red State, God bless. And we'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.